What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you as well. How are you this fine evening? You know, technically it would be Bonanote. That's true. Because it is evening now. That's true, but Although we're not, not native full, Italian speakers. It's not full night, though, so I don't know if it applies. It's like late afternoon. Yeah. Anyways, I guess I'll have to take some additional duo. It doesn't just mean hello? Duo. No, actually. I thought it just meant hello. It specifically means good day in the context of like, it's early day. Oh. And like, if you said it kind of later in the day, people would be like, that's weird. But technically. <laughs> Which is when I always this, say it. But technically, since the episodes come out in the morning. You are correct. Never mind. It works. Strike everything I just said except for the first Bongiorno. <laughs> <laughs> Still good day to yeah, everyone. Good day to all of our all listeners. Of this. We don't need any of this. I don't know. I think it's some fun <laughs> stuff, some fun chit chat to go well, along with our fun gaming topics that we're going to talk about here on Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode on YouTube. Head over to teamchatpodcast.com slash where to listen for a complete list of all the different places you can find the show. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a Discord server you can join. Links for all that are in the description below. And finally, we are a completely listener-supported show, so if you're really enjoying and digging what we're creating for you each and every week, head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting access to the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, and... We'll put you in our special channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery, that is reserved specifically for patrons, where we put a lot of extra little fun tidbits, behind-the-scenes stuff, early releases of not only the episodes, but some other fun goodies as well. So if you have any interest in doing that and helping us make this show possible, head over again to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast. And a big special thank you, warm fuzzies to all of our current patrons. We, We heart you. Hearts, if you're watching the video, we're making hearts with we our hands. We don't love you, but we do heart you. I love them. Oh. They're special Share it loves you. <laughs> I heart you. <laughs> A lot of discord going on in the team <laughs> chat lately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we get into our main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news and our moment with Mogan. But there's, like, nothing going on, Jared. There's no news. Nothing has happened in video games. E3 is over. So there's not going to be any news for the rest of the year. Yeah. That's a fact. Except for these games the that I'm about to talk about. Got it. Uh, so, out now, if you weren't already aware, as of this episode's air date on July 2nd, we've got Final Fantasy... Oh, God, Roman numerals. Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy... Okay, there we go. Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers uh, is coming out for PlayStation 4, PC, and Mac. Also on July 4th, coming very soon, we have Stranger Things 3, colon, The Game, for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on July 5th. And this one, I am actually really, I totally forgot about it's it. It's birthday, so it better be a good game. You will be so happy to hear about this one. I take it that I won't be. You will be. It's oh. <laughs> it's it's Sea of Solitude. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, Actually, yeah. I think this may have been one of the indies that they like uh, featured at E3 last year. Yes, right? it was. It I was. think it was maybe in Microsoft's slot. Yeah, I believe so. Microsoft I or see EA. They did it. Maybe it was an EA. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Sea of Solitude is coming out on July 5th for... Play- that game J- looks very me, interesting. Jared's birthday. You don't need to know what date it is. You just need to know that it's Jared's birthday. <laughs> for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. That's not a lot. July is looking light. Well, I mean, it's the summer. We, we had a lot of big... Res- Prime we, time for gaming! For, for kids, not us adults. 
who have real jobs. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? But adults aren't the target audience. the kids audience. are still just on Fortnite. Well, so they don't care. That's a good point. Sea of Solitude is honestly <laughs> probably not for the children. Yeah, they that's will true. have they no interest not, in it. They might not have as much enjoyment about it. But it does look like a very, very interesting game. Because it's the one that that is that deals with the it's the the developer or the the creator of the game it's kind of like an interpretation of their own struggles with mental i believe so illness yes. i believe i believe I, I i remember when i saw the trailer thinking that it was very rhyme esque yes uh Kind of in its stylings, but not really. Uh, anyway, see a solitude, July 5th. Check it out. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, our main topic of today is one of our favorite topics to do. In fact, it is, it is our sixth installment in this series. We're here to talk about some wonderful, great, and amazing video game soundtracks. Freaking finally. I know. It really it is almost our favorite. It has been like a year I think, since our last installment in this series. Which I feel like we always kind of don't want to do another one too soon, air well, right. quotes, after the last one. And by accident, we have let it go on far too long since we had a previous I feel like we had a pretty good pace with them, though, for the last for the last few five iterations of this volume. Yeah, of this not series, including but... this tragic dearth between episode five and six of the music sode. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But hey, we're here to right we'll some wrongs. back on track... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She got jokes. <laughs> the first of many musically themed puns. <laughs> <laughs> so in this in this episode and these styles of this first time listening to one of our soundtrack spotlight episodes, we re- really just go deep on the soundtracks. So we talk about some that are our favorite games, and they could be games that we haven't played, games we have played, games we hate, but we still love their music. But we just like to really. This is one of our favorite parts of gaming is getting is being able to talk about the music and how that and all the feels that it gives us. And so we're we just listen here to with these another tracks in game and out of game. Yes. We've got a whole soundtrack channel on the Discord server we where we all we share is soundtracks. It's arguably our favorite topic and by and large. Speaking of that, also we have the we have the topic in the Discord and all that stuff too on Spotify. I made a playlist that's all oh, of yeah. the soundtrack spotlights that we've ever featured in the in the episodes. So unless of course the music's not on Spotify, but you can go listen to it there. I'll I'll put the link out out there this week too because obviously we've got to update it with all these great songs that we're going to be talking about today. Aside from that one really somber track that Zach played one time from I think the game Inside, all of them are straight bangers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? It was like re- it was a great example. It was, it was just it like was very like ambient, really and very dark, just like very quiet, ambient. yeah, kind of broody. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. Aside it. from that one, all the others straight. Ba- what, what are the kids saying? That it slaps. It slaps. I love saying it slaps. I tell Sam's all the time that I have a new song I hear. I'm like, it slaps. It's a bop, and she. It's and a she, bop. That's what the kids are calling. Well, can you blame her? No, because it's a great way to describe a song because it just makes me want to slap my knee in glee. But first up in our amazing soundtrack selection here is actually from a new game, and it's one that I've been playing recently, still working my way through. But it's My Friend Pedro. So those of you who don't know, My Friend Pedro came out uh, like two weeks ago uh, from Devolver Digital and Dead Toast Entertainment. Dead and it, Toast Entertainment. So Devolver is the publisher. Yes. The Dead developer Toast is, is the Dead developer. Toast. Yeah. What a fun name. I know. It is fun. And their, <laughs> t- their logo the- is basically is literally a piece of toast with like X eyes. So it's the Unbred <laughs> from Overcooked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Unbred from, uh, from Overcooked They ripped too. off Overcooked. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not doing this <laughs> song anymore. But uh, so the my Friend Pedro is a very over-the-top action game, similar to in actually to 
Katana Zero, another game that recently came out, and kind of Hotline Miami too, where basically you're just running. It's a platformer, 3D platformer. You're running through all these different levels. Your goal is to obliterate all the enemies that stand in your way in fantastical over-the-top ways, such as shooting... You can kick a frying pan up into the air, shoot it, and the bolts ricochet off and hit your opponents. Amazing. It is amazing. How far video games have come. I know. In terms of their physics and what you can shoot to somehow manage to shoot other things. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> and so, but you can also like kick things. Like you, like, well, you can kick, you could, you could kick, kick the, things in every video game no, but ever. You can, <laughs> kick the pa- you can kick this frying pan okay. into an opponent and also kill him. You can just run oh. up to somebody and just kick them and kill them. Oh. It's great. There's so many different ways. I've been riding a skateboard in the levels that I'm in. Riding around on the skateboard, shooting people. But then, if I get just overwhelmed, I can fly up in the air off a jump, kick the skateboard out of my feet, out from under my feet, into a dude, killing him, and then I'm just, and then I'm just off and rolling to the races. It's it's insane and ridiculous. You know, I feel like people would still be playing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games if they were more like that. That's true. I mean, it's Tony. Let's Hawk, just make that happen. Is he listening? I don't know. Probably not. Mis- Mr. Hawk, please. Are you there, <laughs> sir? Sir. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously, with an insane, crazy game like that, you would need an insane, crazy soundtrack to go along with it. And that's Makes exactly sense. what my friend Pedro has. The, com- the soundtrack was composed by Navy D, who I actually had a fun interaction with on Twitter because I was trying to find where I could buy the soundtrack because I'd been listening to it. And when the game, like even from the trailers and things like that, I was like, this rocks. It is a bop. It slaps, as the kids are saying. And I wanted to be able to support this because I thought it was it was great, but the only place I could find it was on Steam, where because of how Steam set up, you can buy this. Even though they have soundtracks available, they are only available as DLC, so you have to have bought oh, the game no. to be able to buy the soundtrack. So I tweeted out, being like, "Hey, I want to buy it. Where can I buy it outside of Steam?" The composer himself, Navy D, responded to me and told me, "Like, hey, it's up on my Bandcamp." So. Boom. He Went was like, it. I want that $15. <laughs> I am getting this guy's 15 bucks. <laughs> so I, I bought it, sent him back, said, hell yeah, man, it's purchased. I will say, for anybody that's not familiar with Bandcamp, it is a very popular platform for, um, I, I guess even, I might say, smaller composers to publish their works and make them available for both listening and for purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find tons of video game soundtracks that I can't find anywhere else uh, on Bandcamp. So if you're not familiar with Bandcamp, to get an account it's free and then you can browse all of the music especially from video games to your heart's content and also like especially if they don't if they don't have a set price for things you can usually like pay what you want kind of thing obviously yeah. the intention is that you would still pay well you know maybe what you normally would plus a little more because you're helping out the creator you love uh that's what i did with navy D. it was normally eight bucks but i popped that sucker up to 12 <gasps> 12 I bucks know. whoa I know. somebody's rolling in cash <laughs> <laughs> so i also found this interesting uh article on his website, it's navyd.com, where he talks about kind of how the process for how he got involved in making the music for my friend Pedro and just some of notes of his on the, on the tracks. But it's really interesting because he really says that it was, he saw a, the creator of the game or dead toast tweeted out like an, an initial early uh, shot of the, of what the gameplay for my friend Pedro was going to be. He saw it. Navy D saw it and was like, I want in on this. And that's pretty much how this got started. Amazing. And so it's a combination of new stuff that he created and also some old tracks that he had. Like the very first track in the in the game is one of his older tracks. And so it's a really interesting story just how it was like two creators just kind of were like, hey, we've never worked before each other, together before. Let's work together on this. And I think the results are outstanding. Amazing. So the first one that I did want to focus on, that I did want to play is that title track, uh, which is Junkyard King. So we're going to listen to that now. All right. 
Holy Crazy. That's a really cool track. Isn't it? It's, I, Jared and I are kind of talking behind the scenes while we're listening to these things in hushed tones so that you don't hear them, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we were kind of trying to figure out what exactly it sounds like. And I guess the consensus is that it's like electro hip hop. Yeah, or like, like I kind of thought, like he mentions like electronic music and everything in his deal. So I kind of like assume that like, yeah, it's like very. I mean, obviously from what you listen to, it's got it's just all digital sounds is what's oh, ma- yeah, is what's making it. And so you know, there's some synths, there's some obviously some more to me kind of not that song necessarily, but there's some later ones that do sound more straight, just like EDM house music kind of more to me. I could be very off base in this listing of the genre. I apologize if I did. Am. You watch that bird video that I sent you of the various birds explaining the different subgenres. Oh my god, I forgot about that of, video yeah. a long ass time ago. I There's did watch that. There's this video yeah. of these birds and their various dances describe the subgenres related to electronic music. So you can Google that, people. It's very <laughs> informative. <laughs> But so, again, it, this, it just perfectly matches the over-the-top action of the game. Because, again, this game is my friend Pedro. Pedro's a banana who appears to you and talks to you. Because at the very beginning of the game, slight spoiler, but it's literally the very beginning of the game, you wake up from being knocked out unconscious and Pedro's speaking to you. Can I make a joke real quick? Sure. Could you say that the game is bananas? It is. B-A-N-A-N-A-S? Bananas. You see my joke? Yeah, I do. That's a song. It's actually We're talking about it's, song. <laughs> it's really funny because he actually like the soundtrack's title is "Music to Banana to." That's the that's, that's the super. Funny. It's not my friend Pedro original real, soundtrack. That's hilarious. It's music to banana. Too. I like that a lot. So you can read all, full, the like again. This article that he full like again is on his website. It's navyd.com, where you can read all about the different things. He really gives like a lot of background on pretty much all the tracks in this. So it's a really great look into in-depth look into this soundtrack. One for a game that I'm still dipping my toes into, peeling back the layers, you might uh-huh. say. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, That's uh, a good one. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so it, I, re- I really oh, recommend man. that everybody go give this one a listen. Another track though, just, I won't uh, play it for time's sake, but another track that I have really enjoyed is uh, called doom grab. Doom grab. That sounds very intimidating. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I like the sound of that. He calls it very aggressive. Very aggressive. So, boy, my kingdom to have been able to find a resource like this where the composer himself, mm-hmm. where the composer himself has literally explained his music for a game soundtrack. Because my first one that I want to talk about was almost impossible to find actual concrete information on. Other than the soundtrack itself. Well, sometimes I feel like that's a lot of these. So, a lot of these soundtracks is, are that way. It's, it, it's like they have like slight interviews, but never yeah. just like in-depth details. We need to change that. I mean, I couldn't even find like an interview. The most I could find, I was lucky to even find the composer's real name. So uh, cut right to the chase here. The uh, game that I'm going to be talking about is The Messenger. And the track I want to feature is Bamboo Boogaloo mm. 2. What a fun sound, Bamboo right? Bamboo Boogaloo. So let's go on ahead and actually let the music kind of speak for itself, and then I'll explain a little bit about it.
do you like that? I love it. Do That's you, so like. Do you feel like energized feel, just having listened to I feel it? Bamboo boogaloo. I feel. You know? That's I really feel, the only way I can describe my feeling, my state of feeling right now. You could. I. I don't know how I want to work this joke in, and I. <laughs> I know just I'm working gonna, it. I trying to craft I, it. Like I'm trying to craft it as we're thinking on the fly, and I don't think I can. I feel like maybe the game, maybe the track is bamboozling me. Oh. Uh-huh. Making, uh, like <laughs> my like jokes it. are really off today so <laughs> don't worry about it i'm working on it uh but so how do you describe this game so the messenger is essentially a, an act a 2d side scrolling action platformer uh, a lot of people have a, compared it to kind of a revival of the really old ninja gaiden games like the first ones that were also the two seats two D, excuse me, 2D side-scrolling games, but with some nuances that make it really interesting and allow it to stand on its own legs. So The Messenger is well-known for having really tight controls and really fast-paced action. And I think that the track highlights both of those things, but something else that the game kind of plays with, and I won't go into this too much because of the... uh, It's a fairly new game. Mm. It's got an expansion coming out this summer, um, and I don't want to give... Yeah, Picnic Panic. And I don't want to give too much of the story away, but the uh, tracks, that's actually one that could be, Bamboo Boogaloo, is one that could be described as 16-bit, whereas there are other tracks uh, in the game that are more 8-bit. So it plays with all of these retro stylings, but some are very particularly 8-bit, and some are more along the lines of the 16-bit. And this particular track, Bamboo Boogaloo, I picked because I feel like that high-pitched, like, wavering staccato tone, and I compare it when I was doing my research is really reminiscent of the shamisen mm. and this is like a ninja styled game it's meant to take place in medieval Japan and I feel like when you hear those kind of shamisen-esque tones what do you immediately think of you think of medieval Japan yep, yep, yep. but the driving like I guess maybe it's the refrain. I don't know how to describe music very well in scientific musical terms. Neither did I. I, I, that, I like, like learned piano as a child. Yeah, but playing the, around with the bass. time signature. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, that yeah, rapid yeah. time signature of the beat that keeps it all going uh, adds this additional layer of both like this very futuristic sound mm-hmm. along with giving you the momentum to get in the zone, focus on the game, and go forward because that's the whole point of the messenger. Oh, you yeah. got to get there. You got to get the message across. I see little bits of gameplay from that game, little, and I just little bits. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Eight bits eight of it. Bits. Sixteen. Uh-huh. I've seen eight bits of it before, but it's still. It just looks. It looks very fast paced. It looks like a platformer that'll drive me crazy. Yeah. But still, though, and this is what I love about about these platformers and indie platformers specifically lately, like the Messenger, that throwback with their retro so- sound and everything like that. It immediately just adds that nostalgia boost to it, it does. which I think makes it even like it just makes it that much better yeah. and i gotta shout out like you're talking about the like the higher parts of the song like those the low driving like bass notes of it all were really great really yeah oh, and man, I mean, that's energetic that's where you get all that momentum from and i wish that i had Typing more information up. from the composer uh his technical name is rainbow dragon eyes no I, spaces. That does not surprise me at all. Just the, the one capital. Tunes. His capital name is Rainbow Dragon Eyes, a.k.a. Eric Brown. Uh, so he's a composer, and his YouTube about section, there was nothing I could find <laughs> on this guy. I was like, bruh, you gotta give me something. He likes something. to hide behind his music. His Let his you, music do the speaking and for And unfortunately, his about section doesn't give you much more than that. So his YouTube about describes him thusly. Rainbow Dragon Eyes is over 6,000 years old and creates what can only 
be described as extreme chiptune dance metal. Hell yeah. Using his Nintendo Game Boy, his vocal cords, and the occasional Sega Genesis. He's performed all over the world and is currently building an army of living and undead soldiers alike to prepare for the coming war. So... He sounds amazing. That was regrettably the extent of what I could find about both Rainbow Dragon Eyes and the Messenger soundtrack at large. And I'm not sure if that's just because I was searching for it the wrong way or because the game unfortunately has a name that has a lot of other connotations and has frequently come up in other media. I kept getting like this movie called The Messenger and I was like, no, oh, that yeah. is not what I'm looking for. Uh, it was very inconvenient. So if Mr. Dragon Eyes could maybe like make his own blog where he talks about his own music, yeah, that would be, be superb. That, would that be way great. we can actually have informed commentary on it. Thanks, Dragon Eyes. Thanks. So I don't mean to take this in a somber direction oh with this next soundtrack. I know we started off strong with some really peppy tunes. <laughs> two very like high-energy, fast-paced tracks. Yes, two very, very fast-paced. But i got to bring it down a little bit. because. But this one still, even though it's not as energetic, not as retro, chip-tuny, or electronic at all. <laughs> this one actually includes a lot of natural sounds in it, which I think is a great selling point for it as well. Like but it's, bird songs? Yes, actually. Oh my god, really? That was a guess. No, but it actually does include <laughs> bird calls in it. Man, I'm really like on birds today. <laughs> I'm just thinking about birds. We I put don't a know new what's bird up. up. <gasps> Maybe that's why. Let's go look at them. So far, they the haven't birds. really been. It hasn't really been that active. Okay. But the game I'm talking about is Hellblade: Sinua's Sacrifice. Oh my gosh. This one, it. This is a game. We talked about it in our full review about how much we kind of, it kind of, it was one we knew we were going to enjoy, played it, and we were like, oh my God, this is a fantastic game. It's legitimately like one of my favorite games. And so the soundtrack, though, is one that adds to the, the ambiance and the feeling and the emotion of the game without ever becoming too powerful, except in two places, I feel like. During the game, and the sp- the one track that I really wanted to focus on, and I'm going to m- mention both, and also, but the one that I really wanted to focus on is Hella. When you're fighting Hella at the end of the game, slight spoilers, and I apologize. Wow, Jared, God, <laughs> you know that's where the game's going. I'm not going to give you like other story points to that, but I mean, it does start with you descending into what is basically hell. So, yeah, so yeah, you know, it, it's it makes sense. It's assumed. It's not you know. like it was a twist ending. But so this one is very much the whole game is very much set up on like this one. They specifically tell you when you start the game, play it with headphones because they had some. Very like three D sound. The like they audio, had audio. The audio technical specs on this game were amazing. Yes. They played a lot with how they're able to immerse you in sound. Not just the soundtrack, what but they, the environment. What did they call the voices? They the called Furies it, or the, the, Fu- Furies. the Furies? Yes, okay. that is what they're so called. So they they used and they had this great making of documentary on this whole game where they talked about this. But they basically had like a a microphone that's set up in the middle of the room, and these people will just walk up to it and like talk to into it as they passed. And so it created this illusion without really having to do much mixing of the sound of making it sound like the voices were going past you as you're walking through and, and walking around, which made a 
very, very just like creepy feel and unsettling feel to the whole game. And also, what a nice shortcut to not having to edit that yourself. I know, right? Yeah. But so, and so the game actually won a lot of awards for, I mean, tons of awards. It but, won awards for everything. But it actually did win. And the, the, the composer and sound and audio engineer, David Garcia, he actually did win the BAFTA award for audio design and everything wow, back fancy. in 2017 when the game came out. 20, maybe the 2018 awards, but still. Uh, and so... He David, composed by David Garcia and Andy Laplega, and the, and so the one song Hella that I wanted to focus on is, it's great because like I said these these two parts of the game, are when you're in an area called the Sea of Corpses, <gasps> and when you're fighting Hella. <sighs> And what is great about these is it takes the theme. Sea of Corpses has a very strong, like deep, almost guttural, throaty male vocals singing under it as it's just this slow, driving, determined song as you're just making your way through this hellish landscape. When you're fighting Hella, it's kind of the same similar feel. You feel very determined. It's also nearing the end of the game, so you have this sense of like you're about to achieve the victory or the potential climax of the game. That crescendo, the crescendo is going on. Yes. You know it's this, coming. This track slowly builds and gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it goes on. And it's just one of these things of, it's like combined with the experience of the game that you've had so far, this particular moment, I just remembered playing through it, fighting the, the Northmen and all this as you're going, as you're going through trying to get to Hela. And I'm just like, this is insane. And it just gave me all the goosebumps. It was both relaxing and driving and, and just pushed me forward into the game. And you really just felt that you were Senua as she's pushing through the horde. And so that's why I wanted to. So I'm going to take a break. We're going to listen to this bit and come back for our reactions. Chills. That is such a good track. Because it's that driving beat. When that like beat actually comes in and it really like picks up the pace, like you really feel like like Senua has come into her power. Yes. Like she's on it. Like you feel like you as her, you've got everything you need to take on what's ahead of you. And really, even when I was playing the game, that's exactly what happened. That is exactly the mindset that it put me in. And I just felt like... They could have sent everybody after me, and I was and just going to cut through fine. them all. Because that was the one of the great things about that I loved about Senua is how simple yet fluid and amazing the combat system was in that game. Like it was one or two buttons, you know, you had blocks, parries, and all these different things that you could do, but it just felt so smooth, and the animations were so smooth. You combine that with this track, and especially the like the the like the soothing vocals that are in there, also as it just com- has the like the higher pitched. I can't. I don't know what that is. That's making like the just the the more higher part because you got the driving beat, you got the slow piano, you got the vocals, but then the more just like 
synth like high synth, higher synth sounds i believe yeah. again we're not music yeah, majors I, here, I, but uh, I, I, I you actually just can't. listen to it you know what i'm talking about i just can't say what particularly stick it to what it is but someday it's just, we will go to music all class. three of those things that's a, team chat goes to music school <laughs> we should do <laughs> but that all those things combined to just an incredibly powerful thing and it's just it, and especially a, for the climatic successful end, track oh like God, it, it achieved enhancing the environment and a pivotal point in the story where you are meant to feel a particular way and good soundtracks do exactly that they reinforce what the game is already trying to tell you without music and then just amplify it by a thousand which amplify it it does like the ending to to hellblade cinema's sacrifice is one of my favorites due to mostly in part this song now i mentioned birds and everything earlier (laughs) that one didn't have birds but in the sea of corpses track along with the which we as we were listening to hello we realized they kind of share a similar sound and similar tone but it's but the but sea of corpses is is a darker part of the game you're and so it has a more darker surmise from the title (laughs) right and so not only are you hearing those deep guttural male vocals and the driving sound behind that but you also hear the call of ravens and crows in it and i think that was an incredible way because especially one of the villains you had fought earlier in the game val robin which is one of our high, bird yeah looks like a bird kind of you know all that stuff and had a lot of like crows and stuff around it really just is a combination of the atmosphere and setting of the game blending it in with the music it's incredibly well done i mean it's a well done game it's an amazingly done soundtrack there's nothing bad you can say about it no well, the well, game's great it's amazing uh, it's a package fully complete package that could not be improved upon yeah so sea of corpses is another great one from this soundtrack so i don't want to derail us too dramatically from our kind of more i i, I mentioned to jared when we were listening to the track that i didn't feel like it was necessarily somber and the track that i want to feature next also isn't somber but it does have a more serious context so it's not quite the uh high driving kind of track that you would expect from a from a game like the messenger although it is in a similar vein in terms of this game's genre so i blew my mind when we were talking about games that we'd already featured on previous music sodes and i couldn't believe that i hadn't yet talked about the hollow knight soundtrack oh yeah and then it but occurred I, to well, me that it's been over a year since we recorded and i only played Hollow Knight, I think I started it as of this past December, maybe. Yeah, I think that's and, right. And then I, I and then I actually finished it a couple of maybe a, maybe a little over a month ago or so. Uh, but Hollow Knight's soundtrack is off the charts astonishing. There is not a single track in that game that is not in its own right stellar. Everything about it is perfect, and we have one man to thank for that: Australian. Christopher Larkin. Ah. So this is thankfully a game that is very popular. Hollow Knight has gained worldwide worldwide renown. And because of that, and its very unique name, it was very easy for me to find lots of information on this soundtrack. So thankfully, I actually do have some commentary here. Uh, So first of all, Hollow Knight did actually release in early 2017, uh, and then later on 2018 for consoles. So 2017, uh, computers first, and then 2018 for Switch, Steam, 
excuse me, yes, Switch, PS4, Xbox, and you can also get it on Steam. Everyone should play Hollow Knight. Uh, the instrumental, I'm trying. It's just yeah, hard. Yeah, power through, buddy. Uh, the instrumental style for this game is very different, and it's heavily acoustic and orchestral. You know, it really doesn't have, aside from maybe the audio design, any tones or notes that you would readily identify as being electronic or synthetic in any way. So it is a very, I guess you would say, natural uh, soundtrack. Uh, But to give a bit of background on this from Christopher Larkin himself, thankfully, in a video interview with Christopher Larkin published on his own YouTube page, I was like, finally! uh, Some resources! Some resources straight from the mouth of the man who made the soundtrack. So Larkin says the development of Hollow Knight's OST was his first foray into creating a soundtrack for an adventure game that had a firm narrative. So previous uh, game soundtracks that he had done were primarily for action games that had little little to no actual narrative. Uh, these being Pac-Man 256 and Indie Game Expand. I think he had previously done work on maybe films and short films, so this was his first big video game, you could say. Uh, so development of the soundtrack took place on and off over a period of about two years, right alongside development of the game itself. And I think that he got brought onto this project uh, because he knew one of the two lead developers, Ari Gibson. So Ari Gibson was like, hey, Chris, defer. I don't know if he goes by Chris or Christopher. (laughs) You want to come make music for this badass game we've got going on? And thank God Larkin said yes. So in the interview, which is really short, it's only about three minutes, I would encourage people to go watch it. Uh, Larkin highlights the nuances of designing soundtracks for games that have a narrative. So for example, uses of defined themes, and this is a term that I had to look up, so I actually did learn some music. Nice. He references the uh, heavy use of leitmotif, which for the longest time I thought he was saying the words light, like as in light that comes down from the sun, and motive. Wrong on both accounts. It is one word. It is spelled L-E-I-T-M-O-T-I-F. Light motif. Okay. Not motive. So light motif is a short recurring melodic phrase that gets attached to a person, place, thing, or idea. And Hollow Knight is a game heavily reliant on ideas because even though it does have a narrative, it is not overt. Mm -hmm. You really have to be looking for the narrative. And I feel like ideas are something that Hollow Knight is heavily invested in and the music amplifies those. So, uh, or uses of light, oh, excuse me. Uh, for example, um, the shades theme, so this is not the one that we're actually going to play, but your shadow, which is what you leave behind whenever you die, has its own special little piano track that plays just for it. Hmm. And in just a few other places in the game, in the background, you can just barely hear the shades theme playing. And it has these really layered connotations for how that affects the game's story. So I don't want to spoil anything on this game either, because I feel like it's still so relevant and so new and it's got a sequel now coming out in the form of Silk Song that I don't want to say too much about the story itself. Uh, So the track that I want to highlight first and foremost is Queen's Gardens and we'll let the music speak for itself and then I will blunder my way through saying my thoughts about it.
Are you just like, is your heart exploding out of your chest at how beautiful that was? It's very beautiful. It's, it's very a- melodic. But it, and again, it's that's what I love. I sometimes love about these is these these video game soundtracks and movie soundtracks and TV soundtracks too. Like one of the the Boo, great way movies about it. and television. Video <laughs> games are the only media form. <laughs> oh, no, they're great too. And those sound, you can't forget those great composers over there, like my boy Hans Zimmer. Boo. He's done for video games too. Don't you boo him. <laughs> God. But it's still, it's still, I just love how they, they can, not simple. They're not simplistic by any means. Like you no, can tell that's a, a ton. very complex track. Yes. And with lots of different, like full orchestration and everything is what it sounds like. But it's still just like how it's not simple, but it gives that like, it's just at ease. I think it would just be, a, the word that I would use is clean. The soundtrack yes. for Hollow Knight is very clean. Nothing feels out of place. Every note has been carefully chosen. And I think maybe the use of uh, very heavy reliance on the piano and the viola, which this track doesn't have as much of that as some of the others do, but those very clean instrumentals, I think, are what gives it that feeling of just elevated sound. Like, in comparison, I won't... I hesitate to use the word better, but in comparison to some of the other tracks that we've ever featured on the show, I feel like Hollow Knight's soundtrack has so many layers and so much complexity behind each of them mm-hmm. that it's genuinely one of the best soundtracks I've ever listened to from any game. Well, because you have really gone in depth into the lore of this game as you've played and fit into like really discover all the different story points in the narrative. So you really are getting like the more so than probably what I'm getting as the casual player through who like plays for 30 minutes to an hour gets frustrated and stops like you're probably like you're probably get a much deeper feeling and, and, and understanding of this music that is true but i do at least have a little bit more information from larkin that i found in a separate interview so this kind of distills what the thematic implications of the game's soundtrack are and how they fit into the game so in an interview with the native instrument excuse me with native instruments blog larkin says of his approach to hollow knight the aim for this score was to create a sound world that suggested the departure of a once prosperous kingdom fallen to ruin. A sense of melancholy and dark elegance was essential in creating this world, and we also needed to give it a sense of intrigue and mystery. And of all the tracks in Hollow Knight's soundtrack, I was having a lot of trouble deciding which one to feature until I saw that line of dark intrigue and mystery. And I feel like Queen's Gardens does that fantastically well and gives that sense because you do get this very elegant feeling, Mm -hmm. but it also almost feels playful in a sense, and it gives you that sense of exploration and mystery. And by and large, Hollow Knight is both an action game and an exploration game. I really cannot state this enough. Uh, People often think of 2D side-scrollers as being very one-dimensional, very linear. Hollow Knight is not like that. And I feel like the complexity of the music adds to that feeling of the world is so much bigger than I'm seeing right now. Mm -hmm. And I just cannot say enough good things about the soundtrack overall. My gut reaction was to feature my personal favorite track, Green Path. So if there were ever to be a runner-up for uh, my favorites, Green Path is number one. Crystal Caverns is amazing. There's really no... I I would say all of them, but I guess Green Path is the other one that I would encourage people. Listen to Green Path and then use that and Queen's Gardens as your gateway into to the rest of the Hollow Knight soundtrack. You will not be disappointed. So my final selection for this episode is one... Again, I actually almost had this whole list of all three of these games that I was going to talk about today were actually about almost about all three platformer games. But then my, I realized my second choice that I was replaced with Hellblade, I had actually already talked about on the second 
music episode that we had done. Mother even though of God, what it game was, was it? It was an honorable mention, so I didn't get to go full in-depth oh. into it, but I still didn't want to repeat because the game might come up in the future again. <gasps> But it was already in the Blind Forest. Another like oh, exceptionally great track. And I was like, oh my god, I'm going to do three platformers? Well, it didn't turn out that way. But my second game, my last game, which is another platformer, another very difficult one, but still one that I have just, that enraptured the hearts of all who played it, regardless of its difficulty, Cuphead. I thought you were going to say something else. What do you think I was going to say? And I am say? pleasantly surprised. I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say Super Meat Boy. Nah, nah. I like like Super Meat Boy was was one that I haven't actually played that in a very long time. I actually couldn't even like when I was trying to think my way through it. I was like, has Jared even played? Super I don't even Meat remember Boy? what its soundtrack sounds like. It's been so long since I played that game. Yeah, but well, but still, so Cuphead. Cuphead. <laughs> yeah. And Cuphead is one for anyone who doesn't know. Studio MDHR is who made that one, and it was in its independent game. But it literally set the world on fire because it was based in in look feel everything off of 1920s cartoons it was hand drawn and then digitally created inside but it and so the obviously though the soundtrack had to match and this is the thing though that i love about this is because they already had such a massive undertaking in the in the game itself in creating it in this way and like it it had some delays in in getting out there but obviously the delays were worth it because the game is outstanding (laughs) you cannot you cannot make animation like that and rush it right take the time do your research and the final product is astonishing but i think though Similar to what we've talked about with these other games, the soundtrack is what really brings it together. And this could have been something that they not be like, you know what, we don't need to do as much in this because we're focusing so much on this animation style and everything like that. But still, they did. They went full in. They leaned into this one with Christopher Madigan as the composer, who was actually, I was reading in an article with him, an interview with him on Bandcamp Daily, actually, that, that saying that he's actually friends with the creators of Studio MDHR. So, like, they were had worked on that together. But he later says in the interview that he hadn't worked on a video game before and he hadn't created or composed big band music before. Wow, really? And that is that's what actually the really shocking to hear. Only is not the video game part, the big band right. part, because that's the whole game. Because this, <laughs> that's what this game, this, this, the genre of this is. It's it's big band, it, like with jazz influences. And I'm sorry, so, was that Big Bang famed South Korean boy band? No. Oh, big band. Oh, you know, swing maybe as, as one might call different. it. Two very different things. Yeah, a little different, little different there. <laughs> but still, this soundtrack is one that is just. I'm not really even a fan of big band music. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> I'm not. But this one, god damn it's good, you know? It just like it just gets you. It, you can't help but like like snap along to the beat or like, you know, just kind of like move your leg around in time with it all as you're just sitting there listening to it. I was listening to it today to like kind of refresh my myth. Yeah, like all these old-timey dances that it just really makes you want to do that. And this one it just I, I, I just got to play it. I can't talk about it anymore until after we listen to it for a bit. But the one, the one song I've actually had featured the, the one, the one of my favorites from the soundtrack, the introduction is what it's called. Uh, I had featured it before in a soundtrack spotlight way back when, but I didn't want to be it to be the bit, the one that I mainly focused on. The one that I did want to focus on is ruse of a news. Oh my. And that's this track.
Come on. So that track, I mean, it just I, it's a combination of the beat, the instruments they used. The pace? The pace. The timing? The timing. It makes you instantly think of both dancing and furious bobbing and weaving, which yes. in the context of Cuphead, you are having That's to all bob and weave and dodge a hailstorm of nightmares being fired at you from every direction. And that feels like just a perfect accompaniment. Well, and especially even at the beginning, I know I'm not in my, in my sample that I played in here. I didn't play the very beginning, but if you go listen to the very beginning of the track, it has like a big trumpet intro like da 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 because at the beginning of like every level or even boss fights there's a narrator old timey narrator like you would hear in a cartoon or something like that who comes on and be like it's a swell night for a big match begin and so it's like the perfect setup to it all and then what I love about this one though is how much it just has that same melody that and it just builds on it. At the very beginning, it starts out, it's just a piano, but then it has like a trumpet solo, and then later it has an oboe solo. We were and then it has like the- a combination of all three, and it just continues to build and build and build into this. this it's just an amazing piece of music. It is amazing to me when I really think about it, how few game soundtracks I can think of off the top of my head, maybe it's just the type of games that I'm playing, that heavily feature brass. Yeah. Brass and woodwinds. I mean, maybe it's just because those are like expensive things to try and use, but you could use... You could use synthetic versions of those same tones, couldn't you? You probably could. And and actually, I would say that I sometimes do hear more in like medieval or fantasy RPG games, do you hear more of like woodwind style instruments? That's where the oboe really shines. But, but, in, but in this case, like you couldn't get, I don't think you get the same sound and the same feeling as you do from the Cuphead soundtrack if they were all created digitally. Yeah, the energy Honestly, there like, is so dynamic. I would love to see the Cuphead soundtrack performed live. Oh my gosh. Or even just like behind the scenes video of them creating the creating it and like I love watching that stuff even for like movie scores and everything like that of like watching the performers make the music and everything and just kind of like getting a sense for what it feels like to be in the room. I would love to have been in the room when this when this soundtrack was being recorded. I'm not sure how much Video Games Live has changed their lineup since the last time I bought one of their CDs in high school, <laughs> but I hope that they are taking like tracks like these and featuring them in their lineup now because video games and their their soundtracks have made so much progress. Oh yeah. It's astonishing I mean, what they can do the, now. The 8-bit, 16-bit sounds of our childhoods and everything are great, and they're fantastic, and we still love them. And obviously, there's a still a place for them with like the Messenger and games like that. But this level and this quality of a soundtrack, like what you get with Cuphead and what Christopher Madigan was able to create, is just next level. And that's why I just had to have, had to include Cuphead into this list. Fantastic choice, good sir. And so again, the the other song that I wanted to play from this one, or feature from this one, also is Introduction. But this is actually a very long soundtrack. There's a tons of tracks in there, so there's music for days. So yeah, it's it's a great one. Can you imagine having to play your instrument that furiously for that long? God. Your lungs would explode. Be, I mean, that's what I mean. That's why it'd be so cool. You, you know they couldn't just be all just sitting there and just playing. Like, you know the mu- musicians, when they were recording this, were getting into it, too. Like, oh, it, yeah. It had to be you, a blast. You've got to be just rocking around. Oh, you yeah. can't contain that no. kind of energy. No. And that's what this soundtrack does so well. So what is your final selection? So, not to, like, yet again derail us, but we're taking another pretty radical hard right turn, perhaps even a 45 angle backward turn uh, into a 
vastly different game structure and sound structure. Okay. So this is a game that recently had a new version that came out that I was really excited about and that I'm still hoping to play. Can you guess what it is and or have you seen my list? Because we share notes, you guys. (laughs) We just started that. It's a new We game just for started us. that. But no, I don't, I don't are, remember what it is. Mine are really messy, too. Uh, so I wanted to feature a track from the first game, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Oh, okay. So Crypt okay. of the Necrodancer actually came out in 2014, I believe. Uh, I forget which platforms it was originally for, but now you can get it on pretty much any major console, and it just had its new... I keep calling it an expansion, but it's really not. It's its own yeah, game. Yeah, because it's its own game, uh, right? Yeah. Crypt of the Necrodancer got what is basically a spinoff game, um... Cadence of Hyrule, which is a fusion of Crypt of the Necrodancer gameplay with the soundtracks from The Legend of Zelda, and you can play as Link and Zelda in the game, and it's so delightful. That is not actually the game that I'm featuring here. I want to go all the way back to the first Crypt of the Necrodancer, because it is a, it is a banger of an album. I mean, you it listen slaps. to it slaps. You listen to it and you just instantly get this rush of serotonin because it's so delightful that there's nothing you can do but smile when you hear it. Uh, I think one of the best uh, pieces of commentary about this. Oh, excuse me. Let me give a little bit of background first. If you're not familiar with what Crypt of the Necrodancer is, A, what a great pun. Uh, B, it is a roguelike dungeon crawling game that is rhythm based. So dungeon crawlers, most people are familiar with them. It's usually just you kind of uh, going sort of in a top-down plane uh, through a series of dungeons, and you just have to fight and fight and get further and further and further. And that's the whole point. Crypt of the Necrodancer introduced this totally new mechanic that I have never seen another game do before or since by adding in this layer of rhythm. You can actually play this game with a DDR pad. Oh, really? You can play. They did it at um, when they debuted it, I think at PAX back in PAX East, maybe back at like 2014 or something uh, on their like Crypt of the Necro Dancer Expo they had people playing a demo version with the DDR that's pad. really cool it's because there's only four controls you just use your D-pad to get through the game and it's all through the rhythm of the music that you progress time your attacks enemies all move on this same rhythm and uh, to, to demonstrate this, in an article published by Engadget, by in an article published in Engadget by Sam per, by Sam Prell, uh, Prell beautifully sums up Necrodancer as a game that mixes roguelike dungeon crawling structure and design with rhythm based controls. As heroine Cadence in the first game, uh, players move and attack to the beat of a soundtrack by Danny Baranovsky. That's the composer. That's so infectious and lovable, even the dead can't resist its charms. <laughs> Skeletons. Zombies, ghouls, and more shuffle to its pulsing beats and wave their hands, bones, tentacles, claws in the air like they just don't care. And the track I want to feature first is Disco Descent with Shopkeeper.
so I mean, good. Like, so I've been watching Jarrett's face as we've been listening to the track, and when the shopkeeper's vocals kicked in, like his face just totally changed. Because like, I he was like, couldn't resist the smile. No, because like I mean, great. When it started up, I was kind of like, okay, this seems like fairly electronic, almost kind of similar to my friend Pedro that we played but earlier. Then. But then you add in the operatic vocals of the shopkeeper, uh, and it just. It, so for anyway, oh that's God, not. So I have I have listened to the entirety of the Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack many times over. Uh, and for those of you that aren't familiar, if you go to find these songs online, you will almost certainly find two versions. Uh, every song has a non shopkeeper version, which is like the base game, uh, and then they also have a shopkeeper version, which the is the shopkeeper better version. The obvious <laughs> better version. You really can just <laughs> listen to the shopkeeper versions. They are uh, they're priceless to me and to everyone that loves them. If you actually read the comments, they're all about how much everybody loves the shopkeeper. Uh, he's actually a character in-game, but I don't think he actually sings in-game at you. Yeah. Uh, he might. I, I haven't actually played Crypt of the Necrodancer. This is a game that I found because of its soundtrack, and I am just addicted. I cannot get over it. There's nothing you can do but instantly feel like you are being driven forward by the beat that the beat is life and that you must continue your descent disco descent on your journey into these dungeons uh, it's a phenomenal track danny baronofsky actually did as well a uh, super meat boy oh which i don't uh, maybe that's why i was thinking that's what you were going to say because yeah. i was already on that track uh he did the super meat boy soundtrack and the binding of isaac okay uh knowing both of those games and knowing what i know of crypt of the necrodan this is his the, the, the pinnacle his finest work his piece de resistance uh, I cannot say I couldn't find much about Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack specifically most of it was about Super Meat Boy and I was like lame Necrodancer is so much better uh, but it's Obviously, the music speaks for itself in this case. Right. The shopkeeper speaks for himself. Seems and if I had himself. to nominate a secondary track that I love almost as much as Disco's Descent, it would probably be Mausoleum Mash. Mausoleum Mash. Mausoleum Mash. They're all very, like, crypty and death-related. I would assume, in, due but to in it, such a the Necromancer pun. upbeat way, you just can't help but dance it out, bro. Man, so good. So, so good. many good soundtracks that we listened to today. Today was like, I know we've had like we've had some really good episodes, but like I think I literally think every song and every soundtrack we featured today was an absolute. They were all masterpiece bops. of music. Yeah, they were all bangers. All of them slapped. <laughs> and so, and that's just why. Like obviously, like we also got like it hyped us up. We I got know. passionate like, about we're really it excited. because that's just what the music of video games means to us, and that's why we do, we love this topic especially. If you want to go back and listen to all of them, they're still all available on our YouTube and and podcast and all this stuff. Yeah, actually, on our YouTube, we have a playlist specifically for these uh, these episodes. So you can go back. We featured music from like Far Cry Five. Uh, I was looking through them all, like Halo music, obviously Bravely Default, and Okami. a couple, uh, pro, and then uh, Project Octopath Traveler. Uh, how how is it with that game that? The the like working title of it was Project Act Octopath, and how come I never and then and then how come that's what I want to keep calling it when it's Octopath Traveler? But then no, yes, I did not recognize that that I shared it on our Discord that I found a Square Enix actually. I was like, bro, that is old news. I didn't want to say that (laughs) on there. You could have said it on there, (laughs) But, but. 
where the name Octopath is an acronym for each of the characters' names. I had, I did not realize. So the realize. running, it's not a joke, but like the running idea is that you're supposed to play the game with the characters in the order that they appear. Oh. And I didn't do it that way, and I think a lot of people won't do it that way, but that's one of the things that you can do, and I think it's kind of like an internal challenge that people are like, I'm going to do it the way the title well, tells yeah, cause me I know to. It's technically, for like full completion of that game, you're supposed to play through the whole game as each as character. everybody and it's oh my it's god tough. That's so much that's <laughs> but it's so such much a game. fun game uh that we i think our first music episode was episode 25 right it was yeah so anyways go back and listen to all of them they're all amazing treat yourself treat yourself and to some your great ears tunes. and some obviously tunes. we always love to hear about new soundtracks for us to listen to or soundtracks that you enjoy so please let us know any of your favorite gaming soundtracks send us an email team podcast at gmail.com to let us know comment below in the video uh, send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Drop Instagram. Drop them in the Discord. Join our Discord. The link is to join us in the description below, and you can listen and let us know on our soundtrack channel in there as well. Because we, God, we just love music and soundtracks specifically. We never get tired of it. No, we never, never do. will. We could literally do this topic forever. I feel like it's it's a, it's a great one. But with that, though, we do have to bring this episode to a close. For our soundtrack spotlight, we are going to feature the other song from Crypt of the Necrodancer, Mausoleum, Mausoleum Madness. What? Mausoleum Mash. Mash, sorry. With Shopkeeper. With Shopkeeper. <laughs> Mausoleum Mash with Shopkeeper by Darren Baranowski. That's going to be our soundtrack spotlight, which you can listen to after the close of the episode, which is pretty much now. Until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next week. Adios.